What's up, guys? Cam with Shepherds of Men here, joined by my brother, JP. Excited to bring this next episode to you of the Movement Podcast. We have got a very special guest on here. We wanted to intro him real quick, Mr. Mark England, um, founder of Enlifted. Uh, he's going to be talking a lot about breath work and all these different things uh, that are, quite honestly, a little outside of our wheelhouse, but we have a huge appreciation and respect for it. And we're learning a lot in this realm. So we wanted to bring Mark on here to share these things with you. Prefacing also, as we come up on August 20th, 2022, we're having our next high carbon experience in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. There are still some tickets available. So if you're here in this podcast before August 20th, 2022, make sure to hit us up at Shepherds of Men on social media. And we will let you know if we got spots open, we're capping at 20. We may push to 25 this time, um, but we will keep that no, no, no higher than 25 people. Um, there's food, there's incredible speaker lineup with David Waldy, Dr. Justin Mosley and Mr. Travis Ritchie all coming into Tennessee. They're going to be rocking the house along with me and JP as well. So men reforged movement is on and popping next high carbon experience, August 20th. 2022. Enjoy the episode. Glad you're with us. You're a part of the movement. Shepherds of Men is a secular movement started by three men of faith. We wholeheartedly believe that when we get the men right, we get the world right. We believe this because we believe that men are created and called to be leaders, and we believe there is an alarming deficit of leadership in our world today. And although the three of us have come from drastically different backgrounds, our core principles have given us a unified voice that is needed now more than ever to pave the way for a fundamental change in our culture. We are quite literally calling men to something great. Welcome to the movement. All right, guys, we're here with Mr. Mark England, as promised. Myself and JP are pumped to have him. Mark, dude, we are excited to actually have this conversation. We've had to have it. Uh, we've tried to have it one other time, and uh, I'm not sure. Twice. If, this is third time. I was. Oh, you're right. This is the third time. So this is actually the charm. That you right. understand. Fitting, yeah. fitting for the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Very likely. This is lit. the charm. I don't know if y'all can hear me, but my microphone sounds a little funky, so I'm going to keep playing around while we're talking here. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, thank you for being here. And you're in, just for our listeners that may not be as familiar, what we'd love to do is hear a little bit about your story. Obviously, anytime we have a guest on, we'd love to hear their story because inevitably there's something in there that connects with our listeners um, that they can that resonates with them, that they can relate with, that's different from myself or JP. Um you may just be a better storyteller than me and JP. Uh, and then also obviously want to hear a lot about and lifted and what you're doing there with your, your coaching program and coaching coaches. Um, and, and so we can have a better understanding of that ourselves, but then also just uh, so you can get the word out about what you're doing. Cause it, it looks amazing. And we've had uh, a number of people that we respect quite a bit and have had on the show that um, just think the world of you and, and your organization there that you co-founded. So um, I guess out of the gates, where are you? You're in Virginia, right? Or like somewhere around there? Smith Mountain Lake. Smith, Smith Mountain, Mountain Lake, Lake, Virginia. There's a okay. mountain 
Smith Mountain. And there's a lake next to it. So they, you know, they, they got smart and put the, the words to, and then, yeah, um, it's a, it's a, a beautiful lake, huge, about 20,000 square acres known for striped bass fishing and water nice. sports. Ooh, and like yeah, my family, and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wakeboarding. They do a lot of wakeboarding okay. tournaments up here and a lot of boats. Um, and yeah, my family's had, uh, uh, a lake house up here since 2013. And, um, yeah, from, from time to time, uh, I have common commandeered it and mm-hmm. it has become, we've done more work sessions here than, than I can remember. We're starting to rack up more parties here for the enlisted coaches and communities call them lake house chronicles we're on seven now we got the, we got the thing for the whole month of october i put an entire invite out to our 260 coaches i said don't ask if you can come just tell me when nice. lights go on at noon october 1st they go off noon october 31st and y'all wow. saw all the beds it can, it can sleep third 28 comfortably with beds so that means if me and JP share a bed, you can get 29 in there. Fellas, would y'all, y'all want to come to the lake house? Y'all want to, Dude, it's right down the street. You don't have to say lake house. You don't have to finish with house. Just do you want to come to the lake? I will sleep on the damn boat. I like this idea. I like this idea. Because, <laughs> you have no idea, uh, dude. This is, my, this is my happy spot. This is my happy place. Like water and boats and slalom skis for me. But I'll, I'll wakeboard if, if it needs to make everybody feel better about themselves because it's easier to get up. But whatever. Super cool. I'll, uh, <laughs> true story. I'll send you the address after we're done. Bro, don't tease me. It's a legitimate invite. I, I will, I will for sure show up. And my birthday's in October too. So I'll, I'll, I'll spend 30 days of treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> treat yourself. Good one. Good one. Good one. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a Virginia boy, uh, born and raised. Um, my parents are both, and this does play into, the story of what do we do? When did we start doing it? Why did we do it? Um, how did we get into the language? How did we, how do we become known as the language people? Cause that's a weird title. Um, my parents are both from Virginia. And so it was a, it was a bold move for me to move overseas when I was 26. Um, having had, let's say vacation, time demonstrated to me is two weeks down at the Outer Banks. So to move overseas, I'd only had my passport for two years. Um, I thought I was a tough guy, everybody. And I wrestled in high school and got into jujitsu and Thai boxing in college and um, competed. I won a couple of state kickboxing titles. And my buddies were going pro or opening uh, dojos or both. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go over to Thailand for a year, polish up the, the things and then come back. It sounded fun. And six months after I got there, uh, I ended up living there for 10 years, which still sounds weird wow. to say. I got, I got marooned. Um, I marooned myself. Let's be responsible with my language. Six months, six months after I was over there, I was having my second knee surgery because, um, yeah, me, me being me. And the doctor said, I can remember like it was yesterday. He said, your career as a fighter is over. You could become a very good swimmer. And so I'm, I know, right. I'm 26. 
right? And I'm thinking laps in the pool next to grandma. Yay, this is <laughs> going to be paddle board. Dude, water wings. The darkness <laughs> descended. Um, and I used that at the time fail how I perceived it then as the mm-hmm. final piece of damning evidence in a case that I had been making against myself for years that I was not good enough. The telephobia, the fear of not being good enough. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with me. I'm somehow doomed to fail. It was this secret shit talking story raging in my head and my band-aid for it was to create this identity and become this, this fighter person um, th- and thinking that I had dealt with all my demons when I hadn't. And the, the ending of that, that, well, uh, fuck it, of that, that career, my career as a fighter, that tore off all those Band-Aids quite quickly, and I didn't laugh for an entire year. I entrenched a victim mentality. So we're known for, we're the language people, and we, we, we paid a guide, uh, this is a couple of years ago, to scrub all of our social posts and comments, and they came back and said, there's not even a close second, everybody. The thing that your people that pay attention to you are most interested in hearing about is the victim mentality. Okay, so we talk about it on almost every podcast. I'm very likely for the umpteenth time going to talk about the definition of the victim mentality, recite it, and then go into some of the specifics of it. I had such a entrenched victim mentality around 26, 27 that I didn't laugh for an entire year. I likely didn't smile uh, authentically, and I eventually I got tired of myself. And I said, I'll tell you, I, I looked down that path. I said, if I keep telling myself this woe is me story, which I can, if I, I could do this for another couple of decades. And then I saw that 55, 60 year old version of myself. I was like, I'll take anything with that. Right. And right around that same time, uh, I, was, I was an elementary school PE teacher. Uh, at an international school in Bangkok for the first five years, great gig. And one of the um, one of the vice principal came back and said, "Hey, dude, I just went down to this. It's really weird. It's kind of cool. This fasting and cleansing resort on an island in the Gulf of Thailand. I was down there for three days, and they're doing these cleanse programs. And I think you'd like it." I said, "I'll go give that a shot," and I did. I went down there and I paid to not eat for seven days. Great gig. And um, I came back feeling lighter and brighter. I mean, you're fine. I gave them the money. They gave me some herbal detox pills and some shakes and you, you get a yoga class and some steam room action and you, you do, you do leave feeling shiny. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go back. My third time down there, I saw story work for the first time. And I laughed at the title. There was a guy, Barry Musgrave, who turned into my, my first mentor. He was doing a, a, an emotional detoxification workshop. I was like, emotional detoxification. I went though. And you know what he talked about? Words, stories, identities, breathing. And he said, is there anyone who's stuck on a story? And this girl shot her hand up super quick. And she told it legit, legit stinger story of a breakup. Um, Long story short, her and her friends got a house down at the beach for beach week. Her boyfriend and his friends got the house next door for beach week. 
add alcohol, press play. Right. Yeah. And he turn on the cameras, turn on the cameras, <laughs> try to keep it off social media. And he hooked up with her best friend in front of everybody one night. Ouch. And then dumped her in front of everybody the next night. Mm. Double ouch. And she had been heartbroken for four years, took it uber personal, of course, and hadn't gotten in another relationship. And the dude knew what he was doing. He had her tell the story and then he had her slow the same story down. And he found that one sentence, that Lord of the Rings sentence, the one that was holding the thing, all the thing together. And that, that sentence was, he did that to me. Mm. And I had a very similar story. I had actually the same sentence, but with training. That guy shouldn't have kicked me that hard. We were just warming up. He did that to me. And he, he had her repeated a couple of times. So everybody's staring at the same set of words, the same sentence, the same spell. Webster's definition of a spell, not mine. A word or a combination of words of great influence. That's it. And he had her repeat. He did that to me. Take out that last word, me, and put in himself. And... It was such a radical departure from the story she'd been telling herself relentlessly since it happened. It, it was clunky and it went up at the end. It's called up talk. When a sentence goes up at the end, it's not a statement. It's a question, regardless of the punctuation. He, he, he did that to me. And then you see the new story catch. <sighs> she took a breath of, of, of release of, of pressure off the top he did he did do that to me and she starts looking around and then tells the story of what happened afterwards which was he lost friends his social credit score uh, uh took a could tanked and uh and then she goes that was never going to work out in the first place that guy was actually really weird and and now she was way more freer and i took a look at that i said that's not my story but that's my story uh I was 2000, 2003, and, and I've been in the game since. Hmm. I, 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 um, I think it's something that we see all too often, and we, it, we tend to always go back to this with every conversation, is when we founded Shepherds of Men, when we started the Movement Podcast, and as we moved into the Men Reforged coaching program, um, the, uh, the biggest piece of it was – uh, a dissatisfaction from us, but not that we're the end all by any means, but just looking at society and men specifically and being kind of embarrassed by the, the culture and the mentality. And I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, maybe just um, uninspired by it. Uh, and a lot of it stems from that very thing you're talking about, like Jocko talks about, you know, extreme ownership. And that just little tweak in your speech, a little tweak in your thinking of, you know, JP says this all the time, you know, we, what, how do you say it? We, we act on life. We don't let life act on us, you yeah. know? Uh, so it's just taking ownership of it. And a lot of people would hear that story and go, Oh, that girl's not responsible for that. I mean, maybe not, but yeah, she is. She started dating the dude, you know, I guarantee some choices led up to being in that position. And even if, there were choices that she made uneducated or unaware. The fact of the matter is if she doesn't take ownership, she never comes out from under that hurt, you know, and same thing for you. Sounds like 
if, if you continue to blame and, and push that onto something else, then there's this, that victim mentality. And we have that. So it's so prevalent in our culture now. And it's one thing, and some people will get twisted about this, but I don't, don't, uh, let's do it. Hear what I'm not saying is it's one thing. If, if ladies are getting emotional and acting like victims, I, I'm not saying that they, that should happen either, but it damn sure don't need to be the dudes going like, well, it's his fault. You know, like we, we're never gonna, we're never gonna make it as a society. We're never gonna make it as a country. You're never gonna lead your family. If you wake up in the morning and are going, it's his fault. He did that. You know, no, it's not dude. Like, this is your house. This is your house. And this is actually your house. This is your wife. These are your kids. This is your community. It's up to you, bro. Like it doesn't matter what else happens. So I love that we're going down this road because, uh, and this is what we were excited about having this conversation with you because we know this is your sweet spot when it comes to speech. We've done some things in the past about um, shepherd speak, which is just changing some of the words you use in, in your normal conversation instead of, we don't, we don't say we try, you know, we don't, we, we do, you know, we don't say, you know, uh, this is hard. We say it's challenging, you know, just little stuff like that changes the way that your mind is recognizing the situation you're in. Like my, my little kids, I don't let them use words. They're going to hold them back or they or, or a, a, from a victim origin. We're going to use words that are victors, you know, um, even as little as something like, uh, I'm not good at this. Like, well, maybe you say JP's better at that than me right now, or I'm not as good as you as, as good at that as you yet, you know, but I'm still, it, it goes back to, you know, and I'm kind of splintering off to something else, but it goes back to the, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. So anyways, I'm, I get all fired up and then I just talk about six different topics. So. Yeah, me too. Rants and tangents. I'm a pro. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the things to touch on too, uh, Mark, that, that you stated there that's very important to understand is we, we underestimate uh, and or just don't understand, period, the power of the subconscious mind and auto-suggestion and how that works. Um, and it's what's what kind of is unfortunate about it is, is as a whole, when you look at the masses, majority of people look at stuff like that as hokey right? Like really me, me changing that, that one little word, is that really going to make an impact? Cause it's small. Well, of course it does. Cause your subconscious mind has zero bias, right? It just accepts what it's fed. Right. Um, and, and I do it with my kids a lot. I mean, some of the clients that, that I work with in the fitness space and stuff, you know, like if, if, if you're going up there to do a new lift, right. Or you're, you're going to max out or something like that. And you're doing something that you've never done before. Oftentimes what you see is, and I'll just speak to guys because it's generally what I train, but when they walk up there, you can see the body language and sometimes it's verbally expressed like, oh shit, I don't know if I can do this. And first response is fuck that, dude. Like you're about to kill this shit. Walk up there and, and you know, in your mind, you've already lost. You've already lost your hope in lifting that weight that, that you expect to go up there and do or, and, or don't expect to do. It is now predicated on the fact that you just walked up and, and beat yourself right off the bat. I mean, let, let the, let the, the action or the situation, you know, play out the way that it needs to play out, but don't beat yourself before you start. Um, it's a conversation that I have with my kids on a regular basis too, from the standpoint of, as, as Cam alluded to some of this stuff, that's like, Oh, well, you know, I, I don't, I can't, I can't do that. Or I'm not as good as they are or whatever. You know, if you finish that sentence with that's, and that's exactly what I want, 
you'll start to change some of that shit, right? You'll start to like, oh, well, I'm just not as good as they are. And that's exactly what I want. Well, is it what you want? Because if it's not, then stop fucking saying it. Like, it's not something that you need to verbally express because it's doing damage to your subconscious mind and you don't even realize it. Five, 10 years goes down the road. Like, just like you said, you lose four or five years and don't even realize it. And then you go back and the impact was a damn sentence that was holding all that stuff together. Like, that's powerful. That is super powerful. That's something that people need to understand and they need to take control of. Practical too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, and what, what's the root word of practical? It's practice. Mm-hmm. The the conversation about mindset is obviously very important, and it is usually held, almost exclusively held, and this is changing. Gentlemen like you working with their children, their clients, talking about specific word choice. People are catching on to this. Mindset is usually held, the conversation of mindset is usually held in this big picture uh, um, generalization uh, idea of something that we, we know we need to get better at, but how, and then there's that confident person, confident looking person over there, I'm over here, whoops, would have been nice. When we add in what specific words to use less of and why, if you want to turn the volume down on the victim mentality, and what specific words to use more of and why, if you want to stay focused on what's important to you and keep the drama low, then we can practice using our words different, using our language different. And when we say language we're, we're talking internal dialogue and external dialogue, three simple things, what we think, what we say, what we write. And um, this gets, we'll get biblical too. The Bhagavad Gita, whether this is true or not, I find it's interesting that it's stated. And I learned this from the Rizza, from the Wu-Tang Clan on Joe Rogan. He was quoting the Bhagavad Gita. He said, reflection will take man further than prayer. Interesting thing to think about, whether it's true or not. Our man, Alan Watts, said, who is a, a, a Zen teacher and Zen entertainer, he, he said, when you learn to think about your thinking, you become alive in a new way. And we're not taught to think about our thinking. We're learn, we, we're, we're brought up, I, I'm an English, I'm a, I've got a degree in education. I can take shit on it. I didn't have one course, class, or conversation anywhere coming up in the public school or learning to teach about how my language influences my feelings and emotions, how my language influences my imagination, how my language influences my posture. And just to, to someone that would, would say, uh, uh, JP, what are you going to do with both? Just changing a couple little words. You ever talk yourself into a good mood? Mm-hmm. Everybody can say that. Yes, they have. You ever talked yourself into a bad mood? Yes, everybody can say that. Did you use the same words? No, you didn't. Those are two very different language patterns. And if you talk yourself into a good mood and stay there for long enough, then it is reflected in your posture. If you talk yourself into a bad mood for long enough and you stay there, it's reflected in in your posture. Mm -hmm. So there's four things. We got black belts in keeping shit simple. 
There's four things we look at on how our, our language, internal and external dialogue, influences us for better and for worse. And then we're going to, if, if you guys are up for it, you got a pen, we can do some very simple exercises to make this even more real for your audience. Imagination, feelings and emotions, posture and breath. And that last part, breath, I, had, I made a bold request in 2016. I reached out to five people in the CrossFit space, three box owners, two competitors. I said, who's got the best podcast in CrossFit? Because I've got something to say to the fitness industry about, and that, that one thing, everything else is details, is how our languages influence our, our breathing for better and for worse. I've taken some CrossFit classes. I'm like, these people are savage. They're cool. They got a team mentality. Uh, work ethics, and they're obviously open-minded because they're doing a bunch of exercise movements that were unseen, you know, up until recently. And they all came back and said barbell shrug. And then one of them came back. One of the one of them came back. This is not a Modelo. Why not? This is God, yes. You got to come to Lake House. This is liquid death. I'm pretty sure. I just have this sneaky. It's, it's water, the best in my opinion. Um, is it water with hops in it? <laughs> no, it's just it's water from the Swiss mountains. And I just have this sneaky, a cop is going to pull me over because he thinks I'm sipping Modelo's in the, in the middle of the day. Liquid death water. Mm. Sounds refreshing. It's legit. It's super good. Um, this is water as well. Yeah, that's water too. <sighs> that's water too. Uh, uh, breathing. So, and, and when we went on Barbell Shrugged, in 2017, we got introduced to the fitness industry through the, the very best mouthpiece at the time. And, and um, you know, we've been, it, everything changed from there. And like I said, the, it, it came back to um, mindset is being talked about in very general terms. Let's get specific. And if we continue to have, we're known as the language people, like I said, we should be known as the language and the breathing people because we talk about it in every single podcast, every class. So I'm the head coach of Enlifted, everybody. I'm one of the co-founders. I deliver all of the trainings. We have three levels of certification. I deliver all of the certifications. Uh, we're about to graduate our 260th coach, and those are 10-week uh, uh, certifications with 10 people in them. So it's, we've, been, we've, we've been busy, um, and we talk about breath a lot because guess what? You, breathing mechanics are involved in better breathing. You can go ahead and make a very safe assumption that better breathing is involved in everything that you want to be able to do. You want to deliver, you want to be able to sell better sales. I was ahead of sales for vocabulary and then lifted for six years. Okay. And if you want to sound like an amateur, deliver from your chest. If you want to sound like a professional, deliver from your abdomen. We use these words chronically in the, in the, in the community, low and slow, get your, when you're coaching, get your breath low and slow and keep it there because a lot of great stuff is going to happen. And you want to, you want to be better with women. Okay, great. You want to have a better relationship with your wife. You want to have a better relationship with your kids, breathe better around those people as in get your breath low and slow and keep it there. Go on a date and breathe in your chest and be all tight and nervous and hung up and stiff and watch what happens. Go out on a date, breathe well, be relaxed. And if you're breathing well, you're, you're listening well and watch what happens. Your timing, your rhythm is going to be there. And, um, uh, uh, so how does this sound, fellas? I will 
for the umpteenth hundredth time recite happily, by the way, recite the definition of the victim mentality and then we'll play a couple language games and then we'll take it from wherever it goes for there. Sound good? Let's do it. Let's like do it. Yeah, cool. So if you all have a pen, I, I suggest you write this down because here are the metrics. 30, 50, 80. We remember 30% of what we hear, 50% of what we write, 80% of what we teach. You all hearing the definition of the victim mentality puts you in a very exclusive club. Having writing out the definition of the victim mentality, and I'll say it twice, puts you in an even more exclusive club. And let's get for fucking fuck's sake, let's get this out of the way now. This is not victim blaming. This is victim mentality explaining. Those are two very different things, okay? And people talk about self-hate speech. You know what? Let's, let's or help hate speech. Okay, and let's take care of self-hate speech first and see how much that turns the volume down on hate speech. So the victim, mm. the definition of the victim mentality, the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence, period. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. I'm going to speed it up. The victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends, it's a tendency, sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. Person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. Yes, people will make shit up if they have to to fit their narrative. It's called cognitive bias, cognitive dissonance. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process and attributions. That second sentence is right between the eyes, right where it belongs. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have, like I just said, a habitual thought process. Habitual accurately implies duration and addiction. Fentanyl has got jack shit on the victim mentality. It's got nothing so on it. It's a so fart true. in a car with the windows down on the highway compared to it as far as the veracity the 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 um the scope of use and it's celebrated you know we're playing oh, we're that's playing a thing. game called the victim olympics these oh days. dude that's that's the thing is it's so popular to be a victim now like and and now we have these these you know wonderful social media pages that we can go on there and just brag about how much of a victim we are and we can just just have the sympathy poured on us you know so it's like this attention i guess that people love and it's also just reinforcing so you're like i need people to tell me yes you're right you are right it is hard it is you know da 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 da. that is awful and and i mean i see it you know i i'm not a big social media fan um but i am on there because we kind of have to be for what we do um but uh i i see some of these posts from like friends family you know and and strangers too and i'm like i just can't imagine ever in my life Number one, I've had those thoughts for sure. I'm, I mean, I'm a human being. I've had some similar thoughts that I've allowed to pass and I've quickly replaced audibly with other words uh, of victory. But I can't imagine a time where I would just put that out there just because I need somebody to go, 
like throw me a heart or a little huggy emoji, um, you know, to say that I'm with you, brother. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I get the whole pain shared is pain divided, but like, dude, go talk to your brother and like, like hug on them and let them put their arm around you. Don't post it on social media just so you can look like you got it worse than everybody else. Cause somebody else is going to just one up you down you. Here's the thing with that. People would rather trauma bond than be alone. Yeah. Loneliness is terrifying. And, you know, when people are getting, they're getting, uh, pats on the head for, for being offended. Okay. They're being, uh, um, well, as the old saying goes about it, it, offense is always taken. It's never given. Mm. So stop taking it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things. So it's back to that responsibility part of the conversation. Take out responsibility and put in mindset. And when someone wants to take responsibility for the pictures that they're making, their emotional status, the things that are going on in their external life, and they've got language to, to practice using less of, to turn down the volume on this victim mentality and language to use more of to turn the volume up on the hero mentality or the victor mentality or the architect mentality or call it whatever you want. Here's the thing. We got to unlock our breath. The victim mentality, when someone is using victim mentality language or conflict language, they are going to be making victim villain mental imagery. They're going to create feelings and emotions that follow suit with that. They're going to enact, enact stress response, sympathetic nervous system response. And when someone does that, their breath gets trapped in the chest. I yell at the coaches about this. Good luck changing your client's mind if their breath is trapped in their chest because they are radar locked, death star locked in on something. It's called amygdala hijack if you want to look up the technical term. When someone goes into amygdala hijack, the breath is trapped in the chest. We, they lose access to their internal and external peripheral vision. Their internal, that's their creative faculties. Their external peripheral vision is exactly their external peripheral vision. We get, we get tunnel vision. We get fixated on something. And then the, 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 the story replicates itself. And um, there's a piece of hardware. You all have heard of the reticular activating system, of course. That is majorly involved in this. It works for better and for worse, folks. You ever... Uh, bought a new car and seen that new car out and about all over the place. That's you're like, where the hell are these cars? That's the reticular activating system. You ever had um, all of a sudden you're sitting there and doing work. And then you notice this noise out of the corner of your eat from somewhere else. And it's now it's super annoying and you can't stop hearing it. That, that noise was there before. Now that you picked up on it, good luck, not paying attention to it. You ever had somebody come in and tell you something surprisingly positive about someone else and it changes how you see them in your imagination. Mm -hmm. And the next time you see them at a party, you're like, you're extra. Yay. What's going on. You ever had somebody tell you something uh, uh, surprisingly unpleasant about someone and it changes the picture in your mind. And then you see them at a party and you're like, you're Mm -hmm. that's the reticular activating system. And our language is influencing that for better and for worse all throughout the day. And we got a game to play. There's a, we're participating in the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves. Most people's language works against them. We're about 30 seconds away from those language games. Most people's language is working against them. They have no clue. This is an education issue. It's not an intelligence issue or a deservance issue. And very cool things happen when you learn to get your language working for you. You got those pens, fellas? Yep. Cool. Write this sentence down. 
And if y'all are listening, well, you, of course you're listening. Uh, and you got a pen in your negation, acknowledge not driving. Here's a sentence. How can I ever get over this? How can I ever get over this? And we play, we might have 25 language games. We might have more. We got at least 20 language games we play uh, in the certifications and then the coaches go out and use with people and they, um, they serve to, 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 they serve a couple of different, uh, they, they do a couple of different things. You know what? I'm going to explain that after we do it. Uh, so it's simple. You write it, you have your people read it. Cause I'm assuming you all are going to go share this. Write it, read it, tell me how it feels to say it. So, uh, Cam, what's, what's the, re read your sentence, please. How can I ever get over this? Drop into the feels. How does it feel to say that? Uh, it feels weak. Perfect. All right answers. And then JP. Yep. Uh, how can I ever get over this? Um you know, for me, it's kind of um, uh, brings up a feeling of desperation. Perfect. That was step one. You know what step two is? Take your magic wand, scratch out one word. This is a one word game, everybody, ever. And then you, you go back and you, you read it. Read it, Cam. See what happens, if anything. How can I get over this? Any difference? Yeah, it's more of a uh, solution seeking. Same experience, JP? Yep, it's actually going to use the exact same terminology. For sure. So there's an art and a science to turn uh, a mountain into a molehill, and there's an art and a science to turn a, a, a molehill into a mountain. And a lot of it has to do with our words. So technically, both of those sentences are presuppositions. The first one, uh, well, they're both questions also. And that first one, especially if it's inflected with a lot of emotion, which the word ever falls under drama language. Okay. Mm -hmm. How can I ever get over this? That's not a question. That's a statement of I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. And so the, the reticular activating system goes, oh, right, you're screwed. All right. There's no, there's no way how, you, you can't get over this. So I'm negate. I'm not going to look for an out. And so we, we resign and overwhelm sets in and then the, the thing just keeps going. We take out one word and now we have a real question. How can I get over this? I presuppose, presuppose, I presuppose that I can get over this. So the reticular activating system, just like JP mentioned earlier, is completely unbiased. It just, it's, it goes, okay, there's a solution out there. Great. I'm going to go find it. I'm going to start looking. And that feels a lot different than you're fucked. <laughs> Right. It's, it's so true, man. I mean, like, I, I mean, I love that. I love this game and yes, we will uh, share this and we will give you credit for it each time. Um, but uh, it, that's that one little activity there should help people understand how powerful. Um, and the fact that you just said that that's not a question uh, goes back to this victim uh, language. How can I ever get over this? It is a dramatic word. It is just, that's the only intention for it. There's no reason to have that in there. Um, I've always been, I've heard and taught uh, 
excuse me, Mike's screwing up again, heard and been taught. Sound that, great to me. Oh, thank you. What are you doing Saturday night? Um, <laughs> uh, yes, you do want me at the lake house, just so you know. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Fun. Bring I'm your podcast equipment. I'm like a thousand percent. The invite. I'm not real. as much fun as JP, but I'm, I, when I bring <laughs> JP, he, the fun level goes up. But that's just, you know. Dude, can we all agree podcasts are even better in person? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sure. Like tangibly, you can you can feel it, right? Yeah. This is my yeah. 300th podcast, everybody. By the way. Hey, good. Yeah, good for you, dude. Yeah, very cool. I set a goal a long time ago of doing a thousand podcasts, and I'm going to. And this is number 300. It's taken me eight years to get here, and I'll do the other 700 faster than I did the first 300. So this is a momentous occasion. I'm I'm going to go brag on myself in the coaches community here in a second because I, I like it. to I like to instigate. If I can do it, you can do it. That's the saying. And um, there will be more rad dudes. For y'all, write it off as a business trip, which will be fun as fuck. There's more rad guys to interview uh, here at the Lake House. And just choose the time to come. Um, so please bring your podcast equipment. There you go. Right on. Dennis, go Dennis will be here. Dennis, Austin, Lenny will be here. Oh, Austin will be there too. Nice. Dude, we got to Coordinate go. with those dudes. Yeah, ask we them, Just go. ask them when you're coming. If Dennis and Anthony in. are going, we got to go. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a blast. That'd be a blast. Those guys, uh, they're like kindred spirits for us, man. They, we've I can we've really enjoyed connecting with them, man. We yeah. really enjoyed it. So, um, I, I uh, dude, I'm appreciating the hell out of this. It, what else could, could you tell us a little bit about um, for those that may be interested just in the Enlifted program itself? And then, and I'm curious about this, the people that go through this certification or, or, or coaching program, is it are they then enlisted coaches that are just teaching this curriculum, so to speak, or are they just using this in, within their own programs or, or some of both? Yeah. Um, so as most people, uh, I assume could imagine everybody starts at level one. It's a, it's a, a, a 10 week course, uh, level one and level two are both 10 weeks and level one goes into the art and science of dismantling the victim mentality or the art and the science of getting people unstuck, because that is where you are going to meet most of your clients. Most of the time, most people do not book in with a coach when the sun's out. Okay. So you're going to meet them in the stuck. And that's what level one is all about. Foundational remediatory, getting people unstuck, dealing with Store, here's, here's the basis of the whole thing. People are hoarding their stories. Hmm. People are hoarding their stories. And I understand why. So most people keep their stories in here. And as far as being able to coach, facilitate transformation, there is a profound, these, are, these words fall short a profound difference in the ability for even a good coach. I stand, this is my personal professional opinion, take it or leave it. The difference, it's hard work navigating through a story back and forth conversationally, as opposed to having a story, a specific story titled and written out. And I'm not talking about journaling. I'm talking about, we go on treasure hunts into people's stories to find the, the specific events that hold the most emotional, the negative emotional charge, and we extricate, extricate those things. We title them and write them out. 
And once words are on, I'm a very easy person to um, uh, uh, trick and confuse in conversation. Good luck doing it once your story is written on paper, though. Okay. And so the first things first, let's go find these memories of ouch and pain and sting and woe, because these things are the building blocks. They are the cornerstones. They are the capstones that are holding your reticular activating system at hostage, forcing it to stare at yourself in a certain way. And where most people start when they, when they start working with someone, yes, they have a problem. And it's this general theme that's going on in my adult life. If you, if you get them talking, they're going to create the feelings and emotions uh, that are, are linked to that. And if you ask them, ask them these magic questions, when was the first time you felt that? Does that take you back to a specific event? Does that remind you of a time frame? Does that remind you of a person? They're going to start getting specific. And once they get specific, you can, like I said, write those things down and start airing them out. Four-step process. Step one, title a specific event and write it out. Step two, read it. Step two, read it at 70% of your normal rate of speed. What happens when you slow down rate of speech? The breath starts to descend. As the breath descends, the feelings come up. So most people, like I said, breath, uh, story kept in the head. I'm on a rant, I know. Story kept in the head. I'm in the story. The story's in me. It's subjective. Yeah, fine. I can spray paint a turd and say I take responsibility for that. And, 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 uh, um, and, and it's seemingly infinite. Where does it start? Where does it stop? My breath is trapped in my chest and the picture is in my face. Wherever I look, there it is. We write the thing out. And yeah, there's some sting involved, folks. There's some sting involved, sometimes a lot of sting. Part of my job as the head coach of Enlifted is to impart the tools and to get people ready for the heat that inevitably gets turned up in the kitchen when you start going on a treasure hunt for the most stuck parts of people's story. It's the fastest way I know of to facilitate transformation and break spells is to write that damn thing down, regardless of how much it stings right now, because right the, the sting right now ain't shit compared to you living with that thing in there doing things, which it is mm -hmm. for the next 30 years. And as, as the breath, cause this is the mechanics of storytelling. Okay. As the breath descends, the picture comes out. Like I said earlier, good luck changing your client's mind. If your breath is trapped in the chest. And as the picture comes out, the per, it goes from subjective to objective. It goes from personal to impersonal and your client will change their mind on their own. And that's way more efficient and stickier than me thinking I know what you need to think. Mm. Um, that is a crash course. And then we play a bunch of language games. It's equal parts personal and professional development. The rumors are true. The, the, the cert, it's a before and after moment for people as far as their certification practice and their confidence and their ability is concerned. And we're pushers. We want people to, get, to get paid for their services. So there's a very strong... Um, enter enter into the arena vibe in 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 lifted, as in go put your services out there and compete against other people that are that are offering their services. We've got to get in the game. Most people's language is tricking them, thinking they're innocent bystanders, they're spectators in the stands. No, we're going to clean up. We're going to clean house, and it's equal part. I might have already said this. It's equal parts personal and professional development. So. 
you, you, it, you, we do a damn good piece of work on your story with the tools you're going to turn around and, and learn to use with your clients. Um, and it's brutal. It's brutal and hilarious. The first month is fucking hard. There's no other way to say it. And, um, you, you so, uh, it, it's so important though. Like you said, it, for those listening to this going like, like the reason that my story is trapped back here, as you say, is because I don't really want to deal with it, you know, or I don't really want to pull it up because it, it why hurts would I do things. Why yeah, like, would why I would I inflict that much pain on myself or emotional, whatever? And it's like, well, okay. The alternative is you're, you're, you're swinging, you're half swinging the rest of your life. You're, you're batting you're 50% at best because you've got so much on you, you know, like there's so much weight on you when you can truly release that stuff. I'll speak from personal experience and I haven't, I transparently haven't opened up uh, probably some things that I still could. Um, but there was a time for a number of years where I was in a position of leadership um, and I had the opportunity to influence and I was half swinging because I was so worried about what people would think if they knew everything about me. Like if they knew the bad decisions I made in the past, if they knew the mistakes, if they knew, you know, some of the, ha the lifestyle I had and all that kind of stuff. But it, and, but I knew every like I'd go speak and and it was more like I was speaking um, business pitches and things like that. But there was some opportunity to get personal in there that I could have been far more effective with had I been in a different environment. Which is another one of the reasons that JP and I uh, co-founded this organization is because we wanted a, a platform where we could just be no holds barred. Everything's on the table. This is who we are. This is how transparent we want to be. Like. I don't give a fuck if you judge me because you got your own shit you're dealing with. And the truth of the matter is until we decide to get real about the stuff that has happened in our past and the stuff that's currently happening in our life, we're never really going to play at the level we can play. We have to have those conversations, especially as dudes, we have to be willing to go, I fucked up. I fucked up and it sucks. And I don't want to be that dude, you know, and then, and then learn how to grow from that and, and, and not only benefit from it personally, but also use that because we always talk about building influential men because we believe that there's not just this role of you got to be a good dude for yourself. No, brother, you're here because you're a leader. You were created to be a leader, whether you want to be or not in some capacity, you are a leader in some environment, you're a leader and you need, you are having influence. It may be minimal. It may be negative, or it may be incredibly positive and you can choose how that's going to go but you have to get real with yourself and you have to be vulnerable and transparent with others. So dude, that's, uh, that's gold right there. Our man, very, our man, Joseph Campbell said it. He said, any feeling felt all the way through is bliss. And I understand why people, I'll say it this way, as far as the emotional body is concerned and the stories that it pepper burns twice. Pepper burns twice. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go out for a spicy Thai dish, get the number five, five little red chili peppers, and then text message me in 48 hours, assuming everything is working somewhat well. And it's the same thing with the stories. They burn going in and they burn coming out. And it's, 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 if we only were able to help people feel that same again, we wouldn't do this work. It's, it's about pulling the story out, writing it out, and then airing it out. Read it, read it slow, and then read it with the breath in between each sentence. And what that's going to do, it's going to downregulate your nervous system in context of the story at a conscious and subconscious level. 
because the devil is in the details, the facts in the details. And the devil, as far as our stories are concerned, is the unresolved emotional, the, 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 uh, the emotion, the energy in there, and the meaning that we assigned to uh, the story at point of impact, because it's not the story that gets us, it's the meaning that we assign to the story that gets us. And where are, where's people's imposter syndrome and um, uh, a telephobia coming from? They're coming from nodes, single points, choice points, key points in time, single specific interactions in their childhood, usually that are in here. They're trying not to think about them for great reason, because it hurts every time you bump up into it. And you can totally do something with that. You can well, you can do more than something with that. You can dispel that, which dispel means to cast out. We're in the spell breaking business, and well, let's talk a little bit weird for a hot second because it only takes a second. Rudolf Steiner's definition uh, uh, of a of a Luciferian force is anything that seeks to constrict or control. Mm. And so, by definition, the stories that I have that that when I look at them or I really look at or start to tell them they, they, the constriction happens and the breath traps and the weight of the world and the picture gets really scary and close. Again, mechanics of story that by definition is a Luciferian force. And we're here to break those Luciferian spells. And it's easy to do when you have a pen or a Google doc and you know what to do. You've got good questions. You've got good questions and you keep questioning. It's called myutic teaching. You pull this, this information, you keep pulling it out, keep pulling it out of them. And eventually the reticular activating system with the breath descending, it goes, okay, and just loosens up. And then you can go point in another better directions for also known as the good shit that you've done in your life. There's a reason that people can't take a, have a, have a problem taking uh, compliments and it goes way deeper than just that concept. I go on rants and tangents, fellas. I'm I told you. We love me. rants and tangents. The difference yeah. between yours and, and ours is we don't breathe. We, like, I go on rants and then I catch a breath when I'm finished talking. So I could be more effective with some breath in there. Um, I, something that's hit me while you're talking about this is, you know, if people don't think that this, what do you call it? Luciferian constriction. Yep. If, if you think that shit's not real, just uh, take a look at what's going on in media and everything else. I mean, that is a, that is a powerful force that is being used for evil in my opinion right now in a major way, major way for control and, and everything else. So, um, do, do we okay. have time for one more language game? Super. Yeah, let, let's do it. Let's wrap up let's with one it. more this, language game. This, this is cake folks. And this is, this is, so I, like I said, I've gone on some podcasts and I get asked, well, what do we do? Okay. And this is the, this is the thing that we do. I've been every, every time give the same advice. It's not, it's more than advice. It's an exercise that will majorly get your head around even more of what we're talking about as far as the practicality of your language, as far as your, the, the mindsets you're creating for better and for worse is concerned. And it's super fun and it's super practical and you can use it professionally and personally. So every, um, write down one big goal in one, pick one big goal, write it out, full sentence, This is called soft goals, by the way. And Cam, what's yours? Well, I'm not done writing it, but I, I would say one big goal would be for us to have uh, a thousand men go through our men reforge high carbon experience and then 
move on to becoming uh, a part of what we're doing. So adding a thousand influential men to the world. Perfect. How's that feel to say? Feels awesome. JP, what's yours? I'll have uh, 50 personal one-on-one clients that I'm coaching through the Men Reforge program one-on-one by 2024. Perfect. I'm sure that feels rad too. Absolutely. Cam, so this is we with the first the, the game we played initially. We just took one word out. This is we're putting one word in. Repeat that same sentence and anywhere you want to put a sort of <laughs> into the sentence. Uh, I sort of want to help a thousand guys go through our mint reforged high carbon experience. <laughs> JP, take a take a. Uh, a, a guess and put it somewhere in there, the word guess. So I guess, and this would make more sense to replace Will. So I, I guess, I, I guess I will have 50 personal one-on-one clients that I am coaching by 2024. So, so lack of responsibility and control. It destroys confidence, momentum. It's called soft talk. Okay. Yeah, and there's a hand. A super no uh, really put two and two together everybody, <laughs> and it is um, Malmodius. I I get his name almost right every time. My favorite quote on indecision. He says, "I'll I'll take the fear of making the wrong decision to the terror of indecision," and soft talk feeds indecision, which is a it is a major flavor of stress. And I've got one of these for each of you gentlemen oh nice ah uh, this is what we're talking about keywords if you late gentlemen if you it'll take you about three months to do it if you cut your soft talk keyword it, keywords usage in half you will double your confidence mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. that and it's free i'm gonna i'm gonna and this is the soft talk challenge so i'm about to read out that's on these wooden boards these are soft talk cheese board key, they're not cheese boards but we joking we call them i'm going to send one to cam and one to jp i'm actually going to the mail today and um here's how you do it get a clean sheet of paper i'm going to rattle these words off write them five times larger than you normally write okay and what that's going to do your reticular activating system is going to go hey why am i writing these words five times and it goes i don't worry about it just pay attention to them and what you're going to do is you're going to start to pick up on them in your language and other people's language. And the place you'll pick up on them first is in your texts and emails because you have the lag time to look at the words. Hmm. So here they are. Write these down five times larger than you normally write, everybody. Probably. Feels like. Guess. I guess I'm drinking too much coffee. Maybe. Could. Might, I might be drinking too much alcohol. Possibly, sort of, kind of, hopefully, try, one day, should. I should spend more time with the wife. Almost like, if you take those words out from time to time, here's the, here's the whole thing, the entire conversation down into, you're going to feel it. You're going to fucking feel that. And when somebody feels it, then the light goes on and they're like, okay, okay, pay more attention to my words. And if you do that, then, uh, I, I mean, I've seen too much. 
I've just mm. seen too much. I've seen too much. I've seen too many people dismantle Freddy Krueger movie stories that have haunted them for God knows how long by writing it out and airing it out and changing some words. I've seen losers of zeros go to heroes more time than I can count, myself included. Shit ain't rocket science. Yeah, we, we talk about the, the, a very, very similar concept, uh, but it's, it's more along the lines of like definite of purpose, right? Uh, it starts to give you something to stand for. Um, you, you start to be, become way more convicted um, in your life and what you do. And that's where we talked about acting on life and not letting life act on you. If you remove those soft, soft ass words that you're using, yes. you won't be so damn yes. passive. Yes. Soft ass words. Nobody's ever said that before. I love it. <laughs> soft talk. Also known as soft ass words. <laughs> with, with the Southern drawl, dude, that's deadly. Uh, we're, making, we're making a new board. Yeah. A new cheese yeah. board. It's awesome, man. No, that's, that's great, man. Mark, that, tons of nuggets in there i took yeah. i took a full page of notes sitting here listening when i go back and listen to the podcast again i'll i'll guarantee i'll pull about 10 15 more nuggets outside of what i wrote down man much appreciated i know that everybody's listening to this right now uh if if they have half a brain or any kind of desire to become a better man they just did yeah 100 yeah i agree dude it's um we've been really privileged to have some great guests on here and, and we have a high expectation because we are pretty particular about who we invite on the show. We always do like a pre call and mm. we, which we did. Uh, and I, so we always expect to just be blown away and more times than not, it goes well beyond our expectation. And that's been the case again today, man, seriously, like this is so valuable, um, to us individual as individuals, but to, to our, our movement, to our show, to our listeners, uh, this is one that will go down in infamy for truly practically changing people's lives. So thank you for doing the work to be able to share the message and then for sharing it on our platform. My pleasure, fellas. Uh, uh, thank you for having me on. Um, Y'all are uh, great hosts. Well, we try. Nah, I'm just kidding. That's a soft ass word. Hey, Cam does. It comes natural to me. He got it. Like, it's stuck. That's y'all shit. Soft ass words, man. Take that. Take out that soft ass word. Saw. Saw. Soft ass words. Um. All right, brother. Well, hey, we'll see you in October, and uh, we're uh, we're looking forward to having many more of these conversations and hanging out some wherever that may be. Uh, we've got some high carbon experiences coming up every three to four months. Uh, I know JP is already agreeing with me on this because we do, uh, we're kind of just wired together, but I know having you come in to one of those as a guest speaker would be hugely impactful to our dude. So let's make sure we talk about that too. Sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. Be Love amazing. it. Um, send me a text afterwards with your two, e, uh, mailing addresses. I'll get these in the mail today and then I'll send you the address to the lake house. Love it, dude. Simple. Thanks brother. Sounds great brother. All right, fellas. Appreciate you, one. man. Have Likewise. a good one. Likewise. Hey, you guys have been part of the movement.